0: This is Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. I'm your host, Amy Breslow. Each week I invite a different guest to share their personal experiences regarding gender and gender issues. When I use the word gender, I mean the range of social roles, personality traits, attitudes, behaviors, values, and relative power that society assigns to females, males, and other individuals. Gender is an identity that is learned. How we define gender changes over time and can vary within and across cultures. This podcast is recorded at my kitchen table and may contain sounds of life from my home and neighborhood in Washington, DC. Episode 21, Being Change. One of the things that I ask everyone on the show is to say one thing that they would like to see everyday people in the US do to make a change around gender. I sincerely wanted to hear suggestions that anyone anywhere could make to support gender in a meaningful way. What I heard ranged from taking simple actions to deeper ways of engaging with the world and others around us. Nearly half of the people I talked to mentioned some form of listening to understand or engaging in different kinds or in difficult conversations. We'll start off with Rachel, who identifies as a gay, ethnically ambiguous female naval officer and uses she, her pronouns, who talked about listening with empathy.
1: I think a big part of understanding and being able to explain gender and explain what it means is to have empathy And to understand that there are different views. People have lived different lives. And understanding that maybe something that might not have happened to you doesn't mean that it hasn't happened to somebody else. Understanding the experiences that some people have. And something that I think about is that you can never really tell someone they're wrong for what the experience they've told you because you haven't lived their life, you don't you don't know what they've been through or what they've grown up with. And to understand that helps to see why this matters and what the barriers are to all of us being able to walk out the door and to feel safe, no matter who you are.
0: The media came up often during these conversations. Mary Catherine, who identifies as a member of the Cherokee Nation, a lawyer, and a playwright, and uses she-her pronouns. Give examples of how people can advocate for more content that is produced and created by women.
2: Well, I would love, I would love to see consumers of media just say, networks will listen, right? I want to watch shows written by women. I want to watch shows directed by women. I want to go to plays written by women. I want to see plays directed by women. Uh, I think most Americans, when they go to plays written by women, they're like, I love this, but they don't connect the dots that right now, like 82% of the plays produced in the United States are by white, straight, heterosexual men, you know, who probably are Protestant. So the, you know, white, straight, Protestant, heterosexual men are not 82% of our population, and yet that's the majority of the content that gets produced, right? So There's also accountability for us, the consumers. Are we saying to those cultural institutions in Hollywood, in theater? There are some really amazing theaters in D.C. Um, They recently had a women's festival, which was great, right? But everywhere around the country, folks need to be requesting more content created and written by women, I think.
0: Brian, who identifies as a straight white male and uses he, him pronouns, also picked up on this theme. He talked about how people can let brands and networks know when they are getting something right.
3: If there is a brand or a TV show or something that is getting it right and demonstrating something outside the box and something more transformative and something more visionary for a more equal future write to them and let them know that like you love their campaign, their commercial or their campaign or their show or whatever, but precisely because it has um, demonstrated this message. I think, you know, um, opinion shapers and brands and everyone listened to that kind of stuff for, for good and ill. I mean, there was this Gillette commercial recently that happened that was basically, it was basically a minute long primer on why like, boys will be boys, be a real man. Macho masculinity is bad for everybody and it's not, you know, um, what we should be striving for or expecting from boys. Okay. That ad aired. I thought it was brilliant. I have to say, granted, look, all the caveats about this is a for-profit corporation and a brand that's trying to sell razors and they've realized that they'll sell more razors if they take this radical anti-macho stance I get that, but still, they got it right. But if you listen to the media narrative around the ad, you would be led to believe that there was massive backlash against this ad. And like masses of people really despised what message was being put forward by this Gillette ad. And why is that? Well, it's because loud bullies on the internet were loud bullies on the internet. And we gave them, as usual, way too much microphone and way too much credence, as if they reflect a real cross-section of the American population. Surprise, surprise, when data collection firms actually polled the United States and asked them how they felt about the Gillette ad, with any kind of rigorous representativeness of the breadth of the country off the charts, people loved the thing and had a better uh, better feeling about the Gillette brand after seeing the ad. So I think, you know, I'm not trying to be like all anti-media here or something. It's like a vital <laughs> organ of a democracy and all of that. But man, don't let the loudest bullies on the internet have the microphone. Like take the, put the microphone in a place that reflects reality a little bit a little bit more and I guess it's incumbent upon all of us who like stuff (laughs) and don't just dislike stuff loudly to let you know let the brands and let the networks and let the companies and let your employers and whoever know um, when they're getting something right to help drown out the, the bullies Sorry, that was a long tangent about stealing platform from bullies, but that's important work, too.
0: Zeev, who identifies as a cisgender heterosexual woman, shared her take on listening to understand.
4: I think what we really should be doing is, is listening more listen to listen to stories and see how people are are affected or how are they how do they live their lives based on based on these sometimes restrictions sometimes these roadblocks and and try to understand from their perspective and come to some kind of a an understanding of when we have these strict expectations and rules and taboos it's everybody that gets affected, not just one subset of people. So how do we understand each other better? And how do we raise that level of, aware, of awareness even more it, so that we don't things don't just become very implicit? Now, we can get rid of the explicit harassment, but implicitly, they're still there. So I think there's so much work that we still have to do. Um, And I know it takes time and it's still the conversation is evolving, but um, every one of us, every single person has such a huge impact on carrying on the conversations and not mocking somebody for bringing such an important issue and, and, and wanting to have a meaningful conversation about it and just take it seriously, sit down and have meaningful conversations, hear other people, ask them thoughtful questions so that you can maybe better understand yourself better in the process. So that's, I think that that would be my two cents. Chris,
0: who identifies as a hybrid and third culture kid and uses he, them pronouns, wants to see people challenge their assumptions around gender and give others the space to truly be themselves.
5: Back in the day, I think in the 1940s, men wore pink and women wore blue because women was uh, blue was viewed as a calming color versus pink was way more energetic. And then we switched. So I want people to kind of challenge our ideas of why things are the way they are. Because most likely it was for some reason that happened that made sense at the time, but now it doesn't. And it's okay to outgrow ideas you had previously. We believed in Zeus and the gods on Olympus. And we believed that the sun was a chariot that was hovered around, like just pulled around this earth. It's okay to change your views and it's okay to do some research or just ask yourself, is this really that big of a deal? Challenge
0: your assumptions.
5: Absolutely. And that's how you grow. And the moment you stop trying to challenge your assumptions and move forward, you kind of enter this not thriving situation and you assume there's there's there is so much to the world to assume that you know it all or you know enough to be able to make an impact and that's something we should all strive to do to make an impact and to help each other and be there for each other we have the responsibility to make the world a better place and that includes making it inclusive and safe for everybody cuz we're going to be facing a lot of problems and we are facing a lot of problems that we don't have the brain power at this point to solve and we don't know where the next Einstein or Tesla is going to come from. And until we give people that space and we give them the right things they need to grow strong, whether it's nutrition, education, safety, a bed, books to read, unless we give people that space, we're not going to solve them. We're not, we're going to fall short. And part of what's going to help solve them is creativity. Creativity. And creativity takes, you need to be brave and you need to be strong and you need to be able to go against the current to be creative and to put your own spin on things. And that's where a lot of our big ideas have come from, from people going against the grain and saying, well, why are we doing this and why are we doing that? So challenging the norms and the expectations is one of the best things you could do for our society. And I want to give a shout out to Brene Brown because her work has been phenomenal on vulnerability and creativity and being courageous and being brave. Because that's the road we need to go down. We need it's in our best interest to make sure everybody can thrive in the world we want to create. The every time we try to make someone conform to our idea of who they should be, that is us as a society losing out on some ideas they might have down the road that we would have never had. Um, so I think the bravest and often the hardest thing someone can do is to accept someone unconditionally and let them be them, whether that means putting on a tutu or going and shaving half their head, their hair, or just going to another country and living out of a hut for two years. Who knows? But that's their journey, and you need to let people on their journey. Let whatever be be, because who knows what ideas are going to come from there and what solutions are going to come and how it's going to help us navigate the future that we don't know.
0: I love how Chris connected questioning gender norms as a road to increasing creativity and how that can benefit everyone. Rachel, who you heard at the start of the episode, also picked up on this idea and talked about how she wants to see people have the willingness to do things that they secretly want to do and not be afraid to break gender norms. I
1: just want more people, and I hope more people can do the things that they they secretly want to do. If you know the internet forum Reddit great place a lot of news like a lot of cool things that happen but there's there's these forums where people could ask questions and one of them is men and women of reddit if you could do anything and not be judged what would you do and guys are like oh i would go to the spa or i would see what it feels like to get my nails done or i would do all this different stuff and women have the same sort of thing where the only reason that they can't is because of the societal and cultural norms that are invisibly, but because of them, like physically, holding them back from, from doing fun things and things that they want to do. So for me, I kind of just say, like, take care of yourself. And mental health is a huge thing that we have put a lot of men at a disadvantage by making mental health such a stigma, and women too, but it's just such a, a sad thing to see, especially with veteran PTSD suicides um but yeah I I think it's extremely important to blur those lines and if you want to wear a dress you wear a dress if you want to wear a kilt or pants or whatever you want to do just do it and be yourself and the more people see that the more desensitized they get to seeing people and the more that they see people happy and not caring and they realize even for themselves that it's okay you don't have to be that steak and potatoes person or you don't you can like salads if you want you can use reusable bags and recycle um so that's that's the big thing is just continue on breaking the gender norms and have fun with it
0: chessie identifies as an armenian franco-american woman and uses she her pronouns when chessie talked about listening she honed in on not dismissing stories that are different from your own, including having the courage to ask other people questions and the willingness to hear their answers.
6: Listen to what your neighbor has to say and don't call them a liar for saying it. Uh, I think whenever people have stories to tell that go against what we were taught or the environment that we were brought up with, it's we're very quick to dismiss, um, but I think that so many people have such different experiences, and I mean, that's what's that's what makes the beauty of this country, right, is people come from all walks of life with incredibly different backgrounds and stories and, and, and traumas, and what makes us better as a country is if we're actually willing to listen to each other and support each other in sharing those stories, um, being willing to hear the stories and being able and willing to come together to find solutions to make sure that those traumas never happen to anyone else. Um, I mean, it's really just, you know, being a good neighbor, love thy neighbor, right? I'm not even, I'm not very religious. Sorry, mom. But love thy neighbor. It's that simple. And that should apply to everything, including Gender, listen to the person next to you, get to know the person that you see on the bus every single day, and then ask them questions about their lives and their stories. And you know, we're also addicted to our phones and ourselves that no one really asks other people questions anymore, and that's so sad. But yeah, so that was long winded. But I think if there was one thing I would want people to do is just ask each other more questions, and
0: be willing to hear the answer. Martina resonates most closely with the identity of a cisgender bisexual woman and uses she-her pronouns. She talked about families giving children the space to be who they truly are as opposed to trying to force them into traditional gender roles.
7: Well, I certainly think at a very practical level, if within families, if within, you know, to not stereotype children and their interests, and you're seeing so much more of that, but I think a broadening of that, really allowing a child's innate curiosity to be allowed to go in whatever direction that curiosity is, 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 is pointing, and to not sort of in ways that are maybe even subconscious, sort of limiting that by gender roles. So I think that to me, it's really about the next generations. And and, I, and I'm starting to see a lot more of that. And that I find that very hopeful.
0: She also encouraged people to be open to both the masculine and the feminine aspects of themselves.
7: Maybe looking a little bit at, you know, the work I'm doing now, and again, this sort of I would there really encourage men to feel that and encourage society to allow men to get out of their boxes so that they can integrate more sort of their intellectual capacities, but also with their more emotional um, lives. And, you know, that I, I find that I find it very meaningful when I can work with men and open them up to that and again i think we all have we have the yin the yang the, you know the masculine the feminine in us each of us have that and if we can have a you know sort of a respect for you know for us women to have the respect for the masculine aspects of ourselves for men to have respect for the feminine aspects of themselves and again that puts us all on this spectrum um I think it's a very rich, rich place.
0: Rose, who identifies as a cisgender queer woman and uses she-her pronouns, wants everyone to examine how men are also restricted by traditional gender roles.
8: I'd love for men and women to look at how men are restricted in the ways, in in this in the United States, by gender roles. Like I, I offered experiences from a woman's perspective, but there were also um, from the my male friends, I know that there are there are the expectations that they must be the breadwinner, that they must not show emotion, that they have to be um, hyper masculine and strong and fit. And these all of these gendered norms around masculinity are just as, pervasive and just as toxic as the, um, as the norms around femininity and women. Um, and so the idea that gender is only about women, um, I think we can just blow that out of the water. Everybody will do better if we think about what gender means for us.
0: Henry identifies as a gay African-American man with a disability and uses he-him pronouns. Henry wants to see men, in particular men of color, change their attitudes and behaviors around mental wellness.
9: My second frontier is around mental wellness and being male and being African American. I feel that there is such a stigma against mental wellness. So the stereotype that Caucasian people have more mental illnesses than other minorities, per se. Um, and they're more likely to seek help because I feel that being African um, first generation, it's a little more difficult to seek help for mental illnesses because we see it as weakness. It's just, I feel that it's just a stereotype of not seeking help for being mentally ill, whether it's like depression or being bipolar or schizophrenia, any type of mental illness, it's seen as weakness or you're just seen as weird and we don't engage with you. I remember I've had a couple conversations with one friend who was like, I had a depressed friend and he was like, they should just jump off the Potomac River. And I was like, whoa, whoa, buddy. And I was just like, that was uncalled for because it's it's like anyone could suffer from mental illnesses we're We're not like immune to whatever race or whatever color race, color, religion, whatever we we all can suffer from mental illnesses regardless of who we are. so I just I really wish there was much more of an open space to engage with mental illnesses and have a conversation per se of how to, like, navigate it, how to get help, per se. And um, for me, I remember once when I was a really dark place, I dabbled in uh, thoughts of suicide. So I remember I reached online, I was, like, suicide helpline, and I was talking to someone about how I'm feeling. Um, I was going through a messy friendship breakup. You know, those two happens. Um, and... He meant the world, not the world to me, but he was a very important person for me to lose. That I lost, I lost myself, and I just had, I just lost my self confidence. I was like, maybe I should just go. So just talking with that, without the judgment of being African, like not having that barrier of like, oh, man, I'm a male, I'm African, you know, you should be strong, you should be, Arr. and going through that has taught me just like everyone, just everyone needs a little help. Everything's a little push, but you need to be open to that conversation. You need to be open with your friends, with family members. And if they do need help, ask them, what can I do to help you? What, what kind of questions can I, can I ask you? What kind of questions can I ask you that are too aggressive, but that is, yeah.
0: John, who identifies as a straight white man and uses he, him pronouns, honed in on listening and how people actually put themselves out into the world. That's probably the easiest question you've asked me so far. And I would love it if people just listened to each other and made their judgments based on the people, how people put themselves into the world. Just listen to other people. Listen actively. Listen intently. Listen with open ears, open mind, open heart. Just listen to people. Kat, who identifies as a Persian woman and uses she-her pronouns, wants people to put themselves in others' shoes in a way that will open eyes and ultimately change behavior.
10: You know, I heard that comedian Terry Crews talk about just kind of trying to make men in particular sensitive to how they talk about or treat women or um, in terms of just either... How they talk to them sexually or you know just in general communication and he said if it's something <laughs> if it's something you would not want someone to say to you in prison you shouldn't be saying that to a woman so you know it kind of was a an interesting take in you know and he was obviously trying to be funny but it was true you know and i, I there was another gentleman that um i had read this article about he um he was a gay man that had said i find it unbelievably insane that it's hard for men to understand. It doesn't matter what a woman is wearing in terms of how you treat her. does it? if I, as a gay man, you know, did something or sexually harass someone or another man because they were, let's say, not having their shirt on or something like that, this wouldn't even be a question. So, um, the fact that women are perceived to be, you know, sexual objects in a way that men aren't. Um, I think if, if people start to put themselves in that kind of their shoes, I think that that would go a long way in terms of um, how they see the other gender or vice versa. You know, how are men looking at this? How are women, you know, themselves looking at how men are seeing things so that we are teaching them not to act like that or bringing that home in a way that will open eyes. Um, I think that's changing. But at the same time, I think we need to do everything to make sure we call them out on, you know, when inappropriate behavior is happening, whether it's men, women, whoever, we need to all be much more upfront about this is not okay. And this behavior is not okay. So I think um, moving fear aside, and being good allies, and, um, you know, making sure that we're not Allowing others to get away with things. That's the only way the society will ever actually change, is we start to change it. Um, which, again, you know, watching my son's generation and how he has no problem. <laughs> I remember I thought I was being, you know, um, showing him a movie that he would like because he has, you know, 12 year old boy sense of humor. So we showed him um, Ace Ventura, um, which is Jim Carrey, and, you know, he talks with his butt cheeks and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of it, he said, you know, my son said to me, that was not very nice to transgender people. So I think he's watching this movie that he's going to think is hilarious and, you know, his 12-year-old humor, but what he got out of that was they were making fun of a transgender person and um, how offensive that was to him and how I didn't even see that, right? So I, you know, I'm often just awed by how his optics and his lenses are completely different even than my own, and I am trained to see these things and I didn't see it. Um, So I'm, you know, very hopeful about their generation. And uh, I think we all have to be open to the fact that we can still all learn every single day,
0: you know. Kat went on to say that she wants people to see women as their own autonomous beings with respect, dignity, and being worthy of having human rights.
10: The understanding that... um Freedom is something, again, I think this comes very much from how I grew up, you know, being an Iranian in the United States, and that understanding that how important freedom and freedom of autonomy over one's body and one's self, um, and how proud I was about being an American with those freedoms. I do think that that is eroding in the United States. Um, and while I respect everyone's religious perspectives for themselves, I also think, you know, um, we are a country that's built on You know inalienable rights and um i think that as soon as people start to recognize you know um, your rights do not um end where i feel like mine you know my need or my beliefs um should be imposed on you and i think that that's um as soon as people start seeing people as their own autonomous beings with respect and dignity and um that have the have human rights Um, I think that that would be a huge change in our country and in the world, to be honest with you. I think that that is just something globally that people have a harder time with women, right? I mean, it comes from seeing women as entities to be owned and a part or an extension of um, a man as opposed to their own autonomous beings. And I can't even believe that we're this many (laughs) years into this and it's still happening. Um, But just recognizing that a woman is her own woman, you know, I think that that would go do unbelievable things to help everyone if people started to recognize and see women as individuals.
0: Sam identifies as a born-again feminist and uses she-her pronouns. She discussed listening
11: as an ally and amplifying
0: the voices of others.
11: I think there's a lot of stuff that people can do, but I think if I were to give some advice on something that that folks could do today... Um, I would say, you know, listen and amplify the voices of women around you. So if you are at work and Amy said something cool at a meeting and you think that it's a great idea, say, I think, I think what Amy said was really wonderful and amplify those voices. And, and, you know, when you start to behave like an ally, and you start to um, be more inclusive of other people, and it could—it it doesn't just have to be gender. It could be people who are differently abled. It could be, you know, people of color. When you start doing that, you'll see the relationship that you have with them change. You know, it helps to build trust. It helps to build respect. And if you're working in a team environment, it helps to make the team closer. And um, I think that's one really, really simple thing that you can do. And it takes concentration you know, you can, you can do that and you can start being a good ally, uh, you know, today and changing your own behavior because you can't control other people. You can control, you can control how you react to other people, right? So um, I think that's one good, very tiny, teeny tiny first step. I think, but I think that you can start to do it today.
0: As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it made a strong impression on me how many people mentioned listening as an action they would like to see people take. Listening to understand, listening to amplify, listening to be an ally, and accepting people where they are at this moment in time. I also appreciated the thoughts on advocacy and letting content makers know when they get something right. I value the thoughts about creativity and how allowing others to be themselves can benefit everyone in the long run. I welcome the thoughts around breaking gender norms, both in terms of allowing ourselves to do the things that we really want to do and allowing others that space without judgment to find out who they actually are and what they enjoy. So thank you for joining me today for part one of Being Change. I'll be back in two weeks with part two. You've been listening to Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. Your Own Voice is produced by me, Amy Breslow, with IT support from Alex Moreno and is registered with Protect Right, music by Kevin McLeod. I see each conversation as an adventure and I love being surprised by where we go. If you found you had any questions during the conversation, I'd really like to know. You can submit questions on the website yourownvoice.org slash contact. Thank you for joining us today. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well.